The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello, and welcome to Cast the Strong Style. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my co-host, Anwar Starwin. What's going on, Anwar? Hello, everyone. Glad to be back. Glad that you could join us and be back, Anwar. We've got an action-packed show to talk about today. And on this episode of Cast the Strong Style, we're joined by a special guest, our Number one live tweeter in the hashtag cast a strong style live tweets is none other than at Terry's boy, Mr. Philip himself. What's going on, Philip? Not too much. Happy to be here, Don. Talk about some awesome new Japan. Oh, man. We're glad that you could make it. And uh, we really appreciate uh, all the support you show cast a strong style and the live tweets. Uh, getting up early and sharing your opinions and commentary with color is greatly appreciated. And glad that you could join us for this show. Yeah, thank you. I'm happy to be here. You know, glad to finally have somebody to talk New Japan with because none of my friends—I mean, my friends—kind of watch it, but none of them are subscribed to New Japan World. So it's nice to have that conversation in the community. Right. Right. Yeah, that's but I wanted to do this podcast just for that because I've realized that the WrestleCast was already crowded and uh and we needed more time to talk about it than just a segment at the end of the show. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that this definitely can fulfill a much needed need in the podcast community. But without further ado, you can find Cast of Strong Style on the CSPN on the web at CSPN.us. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, YouTube, and any podcasting platform. Just download and subscribe to Cast of Strong Style. So we had the Kazuna Road shows that happened leading up to the major Kazuna Road card. So we had some tag team heavyweight championship matches that took place on these cards that were the main highlights. So we'll review those. Before we get into the actual Kazuna Road uh, card, we had Rapungi 3K defending their IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles against Taji Ishimori and El Fantasmo. Everybody knows that El Fantasmo is Anwar Starwin's favorite on this show. Really endearing to Anwar, this guy is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo hits the German suplex and he gets a two count on Fantasmo. Show gets back in and he hits the lumbar check and it breaks down. The ref goes down. The CR2 by El Fantasma on Yo Connects. And we have new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Taji Ishimori and El Fantasma. You want to go first, Terry? Yeah, I was going to let him chime, chime in first on your thoughts on this match, Terry Boy. Uh, I thought it was a good match, you know. Yo and show are over, like they're stars. But they had pretty good case chemistry. Ishimori obviously always does a good job. I get why Amar doesn't like this version of El Fantasma. I met as a El Fantasma fan from his Rev Pro stuff. 
I don't really like this version of El Fantasma. I get what Gallo's doing with this whole hellish character. But, yeah, uh, I was surprised Shariel lost because I was like, okay, they finally had a successful title defense. This is going to be starting them, like, kind of putting their name on these junior titles because we kind of haven't really had that dominant team other than, I guess, Desperado and Connemara a little while back. So I thought, hey, they're going to finally get going, but here they came up short again, so I guess they're going to be chasing again. I guess this is the story of Rapunky 3K always chasing somebody for those titles. For me, watching the match, it was like, it was like people dancing together but not having the rhythm properly. And it was just, it was a, it was a solid match, but it was not like the level I expected from a match featuring 3K Ishimori. The Phantasmo character is what it is. He's doing his job, but that shit don't really work for me, bro. So. I feel I, I feel it's like, if I, I honestly in my heart believe if we'd have flipped Eagles and it would have been him in that match, that match probably would be like a four star class, four star like level match at the least because Eagles probably can go, really can go, and he and he already has experience tagging with Ishimori, and I think they've tagged and tagged me versus three K, so they all have that chemistry from wrestling versus each other. Do that and probably in like um, multi-man matches. So I, I ain't really rock with it, but I get it. I get why they put it on Phantasmo so to give him some more shine and build him up even more as a potential like like pillar in that junior division. And it also keeps like Ishimori really strong too after the, the really good tournament. Like as far as wins of the best of Super Junior, so actually it does multiple things by putting the title on them. And they feel like, hey, man, have the babyface chase the, the heel champions, even though I really think 3K should hold it for a longer time after everything they went through to get back to that spot. Well, I kind of get it. But it's kind of getting to the point where, are we going to break up 3K or, I mean, or something so we can allow a show to, like, move further than where he is? Because show has the potential to be much more than his. Yo could be something, too. Or, like, you could do a lot of things, especially if Eagles actually leaves Bullet Club and joins Chaos at some point. You could, like, yeah. you could you could do something with him and Yo as a tag team and show going after, like, you know, Junior every Championship if they move up Will at some point. That's a possibility. So, it's, it's a, I mean, it was, it was a match. It's a match that I wouldn't recommend. I, I, I'm never going to watch it again in my life, but it was all right. I mean, it is what it is. They've eventually got to build up some more challenges for Will, so that would be a possibility to split up 3K or just have them go into the singles ranks. Yeah, yeah. And, like, in New Japan, even if you're in a faction, you can't go after each other. They don't really do that that much. It's usually in tournaments when they face each other, but, I mean, you could do that. Or Will just goes up and be a part of this like heavyweight area, like never wait, never open area, weight area, something. I don't know. We'll see. On the seventeenth, the Kazuna Road Show featured the never open weight six man title match between the champions, Makabe, Yano, and Taguchi. 
against Phantasmo, Chase Owens, and the returning Yujiro. Owens hits the jewel heist and covers for a two count. Makabe makes the save with the lariat. It breaks down, and Owens cradles Jano with the tights for a two count. We get the low blows by Yano. Lariat's by Makabe. Yano gets the roll up on Chase, and the champions retain. I like. I was kind of like, um, not too sure if I wanted to watch this match. <laughs> and, since, and since you said we were going to be talking about, I was like, okay, I'll watch it. But I liked. I liked everybody in the in the in the match, and it was a nice breath of fresh air. You had comedy. You had like some fighting, and it was cool seeing like like Takahashi again after his break because he's been a while for wait for a little bit. He looks really cut up too. Yeah, so I, I like that match. Like honestly, I like chasing Yujiro as a tag team, and I I would not be mad at some point if they make a run in that position. But with Geo dead, he's always there. It kind of undermines that. So they make the best of their situation. Like being in that 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 six, never open way six way thing is a good spot for him too. So I mean, I like the match. I like. Gucci made me laugh. Yano made me laugh. Yujiro made me laugh. So, I got no complaints about this match. Philip, your thoughts on the never open weight six man title match? Yeah, this is a fun match. Uh, I was really impressed with Chase. Like he's he's like that solid hand. Like I really feel like if he lost a little bit of weight because he's not fat, but if he got his body a little turned up, I feel like he could be right in that like like for real like middle higher picture in New Japan, so he's solid. I was like Taguchi out of like comedy go. Like I'm surprised they don't have them team together more. I guess because <laughs> one was on tire, one was chaos, but obviously they're they're both masters of comedy. Like if you like comedy wrestling, like them two and Kokaban are pretty much like your guys. They they know <laughs> how to do it and how to time it, how to stretch it out and then obviously Makabe can still go. Like, he's not at the level he used to be, but he can still have good matches. So he's obviously there to add that legitimacy and that threat because he can always toss some dudes around with lariats. And I love his spots like the FU and the punches in the corner. He's always fun. I like his spirit. This uh, show also contained uh, the elimination match between... Uh, Suzuki and Chaos, in which uh, Yoshihashi was the eventual winner, and he challenged Will Ospreay to not only his title, but also uh, his spot in the G1 tournament, and that match will take place on the card that we're about to talk about now. Yeah, Zack Sabre Jr., right? Yeah, Zack Sabre Jr. Excuse me if I said someone different. <laughs> but yeah, Zack Sabre Jr. and... Uh, Yoshihashi will face off. Oh, yeah, people looking like. <laughs> for Zach's <laughs> spot on the uh, G1 card and his Rev Pro, Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship. So, this show kicks off with Tenzan and Kojima versus Nagata and Suji. Suji hits the spear for a two count. Tenzan and Kojima isolate Suji, and the Ten Cozy Cutter gets a two count as Nagata makes the save. Tenzan then taps out Suji with the Anaconda Vice. So, 
Young Boy getting some seasoning, being in there with three of the New Japan dads. Um, you know, it is what it is. Opening match. Always good to see Tenzan and Kojima together. I'm going to tell you, boy, because I ain't watched this match. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a decent match. Honestly, it wasn't as good as the openers where you get the young lions, like, really going and firing on each other. Like, Koji can still go, but obviously Tenzan, like, he's moving better since the surgery, but obviously Tenzan is not the most mobile right now. He's not knocking Nishi bad yet, but... He's getting there, so... But, it, it like oh, I said, no. Tim Cozy's legend, so it's nice to see them. They got to win. I don't know what's next for them, I mean, but, hey, the fans liked it live. It, it was fun. It was a fun opener. I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> really fun match was next. Kota Ibushi, Makabe, Hamna, Shota Amino, and Ren Narita. Faced off against Lij, Naito, Evil, Sonata, Shingo, and Bushi. The faces run wild on Shingo, and Rin Narita hits the overhead belly to belly suplex for uh, a two count. Naito makes the save, and then Bushi joins Naito for double teams, but Shota Aminu comes and takes him out. Narita hits the backslide on Shingo for a two count. He follows that up with slaps and strikes. And a sunset flip also gets a two count. He hits a lariat for a two. And then Shingo finishes off Ren Narita with the Noshi, with the Noshigami and LIJ. They get the win. This was an awesome showcase for Ren Narita. That final maybe two minutes where he was in there against Shingo and going toe-to-toe and getting some near falls. The crowd was really into it, and they did a great job of building up Renarita's uh, stock uh, with that interaction. Your thoughts, gentlemen? Yeah, I, I agree. Like, before that, it was the typical, like, LIJ, like, okay, Naito and Bushi, you know, it's, they're taking it easy because neither one of them took their shirts off. So they're just kind of like, yeah, let's hit our <laughs> customary tag team spots and just kind of get out of here. But, yeah, when she got in there, it, it was awesome. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I love seeing the young Lions get in there and get fired. Yeah, is he going places, that kid. I, I like his fire. I like that Shingo is kind of taking that Hiromu spot of, well, I'm the one guy at LIJ who actually is going to try in these tag matches that mean nothing. And give people a little something. So, yeah, him, him and Renarita was fun. Any thoughts on uh, Anwar, or you didn't catch this one either? Nah, man, I thought we was just doing the, the, the title match. Oh, you just it's went straight to the titles. Okay. Yeah, I was doing the title <laughs> match. I didn't know we were doing all this, bro. <laughs> After the match, Kota Ibushi and Naito, they go face-to-face. LIJ does the pose, but Evil, he doesn't join in once again. Oh, yes, this is my customary time to bring up that um, Naito and the IC title, and things haven't changed. <laughs> yeah. Breaks, that, my, breaks, my, that, breaks my heart. That's his business, Don. That's his problem. You can do what the hell we want with it. I'm I'm the guy that's like wear the belt, respect the belt, cherish the belt. So, 
Yeah, even though it's his business and it's his property right now, uh, that's the only thing that rubs me the wrong way about Naito. He's my man. He's my favorite in New Japan, but gosh, I hate when he has the the, uh, IC title. (laughs) That version of him, I don't like as much. Tamatanga and Tangaloa, G.O.D., they faced off against Juice Robinson and Mikey Nichols in a non-title match. The champions, they get in an argument with the ref. Juice then cuts off Jado and he lays in the jabs to all. Then Juice starts to give the left hand to God to everyone until Tamatanga cuts him off with the gun stunt. But then Mikey Nichols slides in and he gets Tamatanga in a backslide and Juice Robinson and Mikey Nichols pick up the upset victory. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, wow. it's a it's a setup for Melbourne. They have a match in Australia oh. on Saturday, so now that's oh. a title match because Mikey and Juice won. So that that's basically what this match was. It was the setup. It was a decent tag match. I'm surprised how well Juice and Mikey worked together for a team that. Literally, as far as I know, they don't have any history. They just got put together because they're two guys who don't really have anything to do right now. What you said, G1, but Mikey doesn't really have anything to do right now, and they know he's a tag team specialist. So, yeah, hopefully they bring a bit more intensity in Australia because, yeah, that, that would be my one thing. This is a decent match, but I – GLD, you saying you the best tag team in the world? Like I, I kind of need y'all to have them kind of matches. That... They said that. Yeah. Oh, that you didn't see um... that? They basically called out people in their post match promos. Like, yeah, if you, if you, anybody from anywhere in the world, they like we want competition. Like, give us anybody. Like, we the best tag team in the world. Give us anybody. Like we tired of who is Juice and Mikey? We we tired of these lightweights y'all giving us New Japan. We we want some real competition. Yeah, you come on, bro. You know how time I am Tanga talk shit. Like you, yeah, they. I do. get what Looks you're like, saying. Like that's a good like, bold claim for them based on their matches. But hey, that's that's G. I mean, that's yeah, what they do. They they do talk shit though. <laughs> they talk shit great. Uh, I guess. That 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 tag division is rough, man. <laughs> it is, it is, man. It's, it's it is fucking somebody. rough, man. I don't know who, cause that's kind of the problem with all these new companies. Like all the tag teams are like split. Like, yeah, like I mean, like I mean, the only just, thing, only team I can really think of, and they're not really known, but New Japan could build them up is Aussie Open and Red Bull. They're like yeah. the one tag team that for whatever reason has not been given that platform yet even though they're really good well and i guess I was, lax too but they're i was impact, about to say all so. things open too i that's the name i keep hearing and i'm surprised they're not given that that opportunity what's going on on that front yeah now? i i don't know like for uh. whatever reason like rail pro uses a lot of new japan guys but new japan at least right now doesn't seem to use other than the lip and then Will and Marty, when they were real pro guys, don't seem to really use the UK talent. I don't get why, because I also would have brought in uh, Team White Wolf before Dirt of E came and snatched them up, because they're really good as well. Mm. 
White Wolf, you mean Kid A, right? Yeah, Kid, Kid A, is a and his partner, I think Romo is the other guy. Kid yeah. A is a Kid A is a, I, I still need to look at some other matches for him, but that guy, I saw the match with him and Zach from last year. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that was amazing. Like, people out here listening to what we're talking about, you really need to go to YouTube and look at that matchup. All right, look up the match. Yeah, he also had a match against Will. That was really good. Like, yep, yeah, Osprey. He's going to be a star in a few years. Like, and look up, the match he had versus, uh, look up the match he had versus Ricochet as well. I've heard good things about that. So, Kid A is a bad dude. I did, I was like, I heard that he might have signed over there, but I wasn't sure. It just kind of blows me. Damn. That's one person that would have been really good in a potential best of Super Junior someday. Well, maybe he didn't sign too long of a deal and he can get out quick. The Rey Mysterio deal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Ray is a genius, bro. He, he said, I'll sign, but only for 18 months. Like, shit, I can do this and get the hell up out of here. That was just so he can get his son in the performance center. And he figures, yeah, 18 months of training, that should do it. That should do it. And, like, in 18 months, AEW will be fully established, and then I could rock that for a little bit. Ray ain't stupid. He know that place ain't for him. Yeah, he man. Gonna, he gonna, but he going to do it for his family. That's that's what you, That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Tanahashi, Hanare, Sho, and Yo, they faced off against Jay White, Yujiro, Chase Owens, and Taji Ishimori. Hanare hits the rampage on Jay White for a two count. Jay White counters to Uranagi, but Hiranari hits a lariat for a two. We get the super sleep the sleeper suplex, excuse me, by Jay White, followed up by the Blade Runner. He pins Hanare and Bullet Club gets the win. After the match, Jay White mocks Godo for failing in their last match, claiming that he couldn't go home to his family. So he ran to a fellow a fellow failure in Shibata. Jay White tells Goto to retire, just like Shibata did, and Jay White says he's going to make Goto famous in the G1. Jay White says he shouldn't even be in the G1, as Jay Jay White says Goto shouldn't even be in the G1 because he's the best and the number one contender. That's when Goto arrives and attacks. He hits the Ishiguroshi on Goto, and Jay White bails to the back. See, now that makes sense. You're telling me this because I watched um, I watched the Goto special, like from Japan, the Jap- the Japanese um New Japan website, like site, like their YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And it had it had mm-hmm. that, and it had a kid's video, and it was showing like it didn't have a translation, but you could follow what was going on. And it was like it showed him losing Jay, and then it would have like images of Jay or whatever. And he's he going to LA Dojo and getting help from Shibata. And I was like, everything kind of ties into that promo. And then he comes back and attacks by Jay White. So that's a pretty good design. So, like, it took him away to help build up, like, his return that night. So that was really good, really designed well. Um, this was a really fun six-man tag match, eight-man tag match. Tanahashi, though. The man could use a week or two off before he gets into this G one. Yeah, like, he's more than a week or two, bro. I know he's saying in his. He's running up in his post match promo. He's like, I know all you guys are worried about me, but don't worry. I'm like, 
I don't know, Tyler. You, you like, I mean, he been banged up before, but he, he ain't look this human. I, I he ain't look G one. He, he ain't look this bad. He's starting to look like his mentor. Yeah, that's not good. I remember back in the day watching him versus mentor in the main event of a Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like, God damn, Musa is moving slow, man. Yeah. And he's moving even slower. I saw him like a couple months in April in, in New York. Yeah. Moving, moving. He, he looks great, but he's moved so slow. I was like, man, this shit right here, this is where Tanahashi's going. Like, if you go and watch like even a Tanahashi match from like 2017 compared to right now, it's a giant difference, man. The further yeah. you go back watching his older matches, they come back to what he's doing now. It's like, even past his prime time, Ahashi was awesome. Yeah. This is going to a territory where he needs to just probably be in tag teams. It might not even should be in no G1. If all the people that are in G1, like, it's just kind of scary to see what that might do to his body. Like, I worry about him. I worry about Kenta. <laughs> Yeah, because Kenta definitely has had his share of injury problems. How's that shoulder going to hold up for all those matches? The good thing is, they starting last year, they tried to space it out a little bit more mm-hmm. and not have, as, yeah, not have as many back-to-back nights or have as many nights where both blocks are featured on the same card. To kind of give the guys a little bit more time in between matches to cut down on some of the injuries because the year before, everybody was banged up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah. I mean, he got a tough one though. He got a Bushi right out the gate. Dallas <laughs> on a big show. You know, Bushi is going to do something. Not just Bushi. Yeah, and they got history too from like Bushi coming through Noah and. Like oh really huh. yeah 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 like I remember this is the old tag team it's an old match out there on YouTube you gotta look it up it's um Marufuji and Obushi versus Ishimori and Kenta and I believe it was from 2007 I'm not sure I'm I'm pretty sure it's 2007 maybe I'll throw it out there after the show next up. Okada, Ishii, Yano, Jushin Thunder Liger, and Tiger Mask. They faced off against Suzuki Gun in the form of Minoru Suzuki, Lance Archer, Taichi, Kanamaru, and Doki. Doki tags in, and he lays in kicks on Ishii, and then Suzuki Gun runs wild on Ishii. Doki hits the slingshot DDT, but Okada makes the save. We get the million dollar dropkick from Okada. A lariat on Doki, and then the Brain Buster by Ishii finishes it up in chaos with the help of Jushin Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask. Get the win. Setting up more Minoru Suzuki, Jushin Thunder Liger stuff. Doki looks better and better the more I see him wrestle. And it's always good to see uh, Okada to wrestle with uh, Ishii anytime they can team up together I'm a big fan I would not be mad at Okada versus the Okada Ishii tag team for like just to give 
if you want to give Okada a break from the main event scene for a little bit. But they really don't be doing that, so. <laughs> no. No. They don't even want to give us Goto and Ishii as a tag team, so they damn well ain't going to give us Okada and Ishii. Anything stand out to you from that particular match, uh, Terry's boy? Or? Um, I guess based on the post match, uh, I kind of like the tease of Archer and Okada. They've been kind of calling each other out in the post match where Okada said, "All right, I see what you're doing, Archer, stepping it up. I- I'm excited to face you in the G1." So I think I think that match might surprise people and be much better than people think. <laughs> Yeah, Lance Archer is one of those guys that's the perfect New Japan villain. He comes in long enough, raises hell, and then he disappears for four or five months just when you get off the radar, and then, bloop, he comes right back. Yeah. I like him. Yep, I like him. I like him separate of KES. I like him in KES. It's just maybe this is a turn where he can actually be more of a player in singles Singles division because it's been years since he's been in G one, dude. It's been years. This yeah. is his first one in a long time. On that um, elimination match from the seventeenth, uh, he really showed out. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I think the start of all of this was Osprey versus Archer. Yeah, that did that got all of this in motion rolling. So, yep, I'm, I'm I, I want him to do well. I like winning. He out there hustling, pushing, trying to sell tickets, going on radio shows, doing everything. So, I want him to do well. Yeah. Well, he is a local guy. I think he is from Texas. Yeah. So. Yep. He, he showed out. And then they, they seem to be teasing something with Suzuki because he basically said again, like, yeah, New Japan, I'm pissed off y'all didn't put me in the G1. He basically called out Collins like, yeah. Don't let me catch you in the dark alley, Playboy. It's over for you, so. He called out who? I don't know if they're doing another Suzuki Okada. Oh, Okada. <laughs> I don't get why they wasn't. The last match they had, I mean, it was awesome. I mean, not if you're Okada, because Suzuki basically tried to break his kneecap off, but it was a really good match, and Suzuki really ain't got nothing else to do, so. I still haven't seen the Okada versus um, Suzuki match from his anniversary show in the rain last year. It's on New Japan. I just haven't yeah. New Japan World. I just haven't watched it. El Fantasmo, he defended his Rev Pro British Cruiserweight Championship against Taguchi. The ankle lock is applied by Taguchi and Phantasmo uh, tries to attempt to roll out, but Taguchi maintains control and he drops down on his knees. Phantasmo, he uses a ref to escape. He hits a kind of Canadian destroyer code breaker off of the ropes for two. The CR2 gets countered. We get some kicks by Phantasmo. Then he finally does hit the CR2, and El Phantasmo retains the ref pro. Cruiserweight Championship. I really like. I enjoyed this match. I they have good chemistry, and this was my favorite match. Like out of all the title matches that we're talking about on this show, like I really, I really dug it, man. It was a nice match to wake up and watch. Phantasmo did a lot of little heelish, subtle shit 
that provided a lot of the comedy for his part in the match. Yep, yep. He definitely did. Which I thought was really, really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when Taguchi was walking the ropes and he like jerked his thumb and got them all off balance. <laughs> I was like, it didn't do much of anything, but it was funny and effective. And then, you know, Taguchi tries to pay back the favor, and then he does his little split leg thing that he does and bounces off the ropes in contrast. Just really good antics that was subtle and wasn't too over the top. Terry's boy, your take? Uh, I thought it was decent. Like you said, these guys have good chemistry. I like how I had the cartoon stuff of like a Wiley Coyote and Rora, where <laughs> El Fantasma would like try something dastardly. And Taguchi would like for a little. I did think for his, for the length, 20 plus minutes, I was kind of waiting for that moment. Like, okay, when is Taguchi going to be like, all right, it's time to turn into ass kicking Taguchi for about five minutes and turn this into a really dramatic match? And that never mm-hmm. happened. So I was a little disappointed by that. Especially since, like I said, to New Japan fans, El Fantasma is still a new guy. That's, Belt he has means something in British, but for a match that if you if you're trying to make people who haven't watched Rough Pro care about this belt, uh, it kind of was flat for me on that level. But it was entertaining. Yeah, Taguchi matches are at the very least entertaining. Our main event for the Kazuna Road show. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Yoshihashi for the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship and Zack's spot in the G1 tournament. The Fisherman Buster by Yoshihashi connects for a two count. Karma connects and Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, excuse me, Karma is countered by Zack Sabre Jr. And Zack locks on a choke. And then he transitions into like a variation of orienting with Napalm Death. It was a little different than it normally is. And the ref has to come in and stop the match as Zack Sabre Jr. retains the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship and his spot in this year's G1 tournament. Anybody want Anwar? Um, Did you jump uh, in? Um, I enjoyed the match. It was good, but I this is one of those matches for me to even take it really seriously it's kind of hard because no, despite the fact that um, Yoshihashi is, was getting wins leading into the match and looking like he's getting heated up for the G1 that he was not included in, um, I that kind of took something out of me. I didn't really take him as a threat too seriously within this match. It was a couple spots within the match late that kind of had me a little shaky scared. But I was like, man, Zach ain't gonna lose. This you're not gonna do that to us. I mean, Jado be doing some shit to fuck with people sometimes, but he ain't gonna <laughs> do this. Nah, man. So I was like, I knew Zach wasn't gonna win, but it was a good, it was a good, good match and nice performance by Tacos. I mean, it is what it is for him. I mean, he's been going through some stuff lately, so I don't want to bang on him too hard. All right, Terry's boy, your thoughts on Zack Sabre Jr. retaining his Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship? Yeah, this, this, this 
was a good match. I mean, it, it never really felt like Zach was threatened. Like, Yoshihashi is just one of those dudes. Like, he messes something from a character standpoint. Like, I was thinking about this. Like, I could probably use some adjectives to describe pretty much everybody on the New Japan roster. Even somebody like, uh, damn, I'm blanking on Sonata, who's like pretty cool and laid back. But I'm like, Yoshihashi, um, he tries hard, but. It just, it's just not working for him. But, I mean, it's, it's like Sabre Jr. match. I've yet to see in the, like, three, four years I've been watching Zach a bad Zach Sabre match. I would honestly be curious to see, like, what a bad Zach Sabre Jr. match would look like. Because I've <laughs> literally never seen one. He always gives you at least a decent match. Mm. And he's always technically Chris. Although he, he seemed kind of disappointed because in his post match promo, even he was like, Damn, it took me 26 minutes to beat Yoshi. <laughs> <laughs> this is my test. He completely yeah. Yoshi in his post match promo. Oh, man. Yep, yeah, he, he buried Yoshihashi, buried the lukewarm beer. Yeah, he, oh, he was man. going off like usual in his post match promo. I love the saberism, like, like saberism is alive. <laughs> Zach is great. I mean, yeah, hey, he, he can say that. He, I mean, he's beat other than Okada, every top guy in the Japan. So, hey, he, he allowed to put his foot on the table and say, hey, strong style, y'all pretty nice. Y'all had your run, but it, it, it's saber time. That saber, like, in Suzuki tag team is fun. It's just, they didn't put the belts on them. Kind of yeah, I, I don't get why New them. Japan doesn't have them team and actually New Japan because they, I think, yeah, I think they're still the Rev Pro Tag Champs. Even a really good team. And New Japan needs tag teams. So it's like, yeah, why, why wouldn't they utilize that team? But even I guess they're like, well, Zach is a singles guy and Suzuki is a singles guy. So. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of right on that. I was like, even. Dangerous Trekkers or Techers is an awesome tag team from what I've heard. So why don't you use Tai Chi and um, Zach in that form too? You, they they just lack creativity in their tag division. <laughs> they, they do. They do. It was just crazy because then Booker and his, like, Pi Kohlberger were great tag team wrestlers. It's nuts. I think it's a thing in wrestling in general, though, man. I think it's a it's a worldwide wrestling epidemic that tag team wrestling just isn't as focused on, and it and I don't think guys coming up focus on on it as much because everybody you know wants to be a single star, and there's so much that goes into being a successful tag team with health and you know injury and all that type of stuff. I, I just see a, a wrestling has a problem with tag team wrestling, not, and it's just all companies, New Japan, WWF, AEW, MLW, everywhere I look, it's like, oh, the tag team wrestling division could be a lot stronger, but for some reason it's not. Mm, I don't know. It's too, I think, it's I think too early to say AEW. Too early for AEW. Well, yeah, is pushing it. They, they got some good teams. I mean, Impact pushes the teams they have. They don't really have a lot, but I mean, hey, when you got LAX and the Lucha Brothers, what else do you really need? 
Oh, Japan got some really talented tag teams in there. So it's it's more about where you're watching and who's in charge and what they're doing. So it is a mind state that that's something I see more like WWE wise and in New Japan where they don't put that work in the tag division. People who put work in tag divisions to other places. I'm not going to just be like, nah, it's just across the board. But it's definitely a thing where people are more designed to go singles. But if you're really smart, what you do is, like, be great at both. Because when you're not hot in the singles, you can go be hot in the tag team and build up anticipation for when you do single stuff. The more versatile you are, the better you are off in the long run. And you can learn a lot of different things from doing both. And also, within the tag team, you can take less passive bumps. That's a real thing. I think that used to be a part of breaking guys in back in the day. Because if you look at all of the older wrestlers who came up in the late 70s through the 80s, most of them started out as a tag team with some older veteran guy. And then they, they, like you said, gained experience, didn't take as many bumps, and then they used the platform of those tag team matches to become better known and then you know branch off into singles i don't think that happens as much anymore i think if a guy's talented they just try to put him out there and just let him showcase himself where he Mm -hmm. doesn't get a chance to maybe watch somebody else and you know two other guys get a chance to work at the same time you know like um steve austin said you know you can learn a lot about wrestling from just standing on the apron in a tag team match that, you know, is invaluable experience, especially if you're, you know, wrestling guys. He said that when he wrestled, um, they wrestled Ricky Steamboat and Dustin Rhodes and they wrestled Ricky Steamboat and um, Shane Douglas. And he was like, man, it was going to school every night. Ricky Steamboat was taking us to school you know, with these tag team matches and, you know, a lot of times I would just stand on the apron and pick up something that we would use, you know, later on down the line to help us in matches. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot to be gained from having a strong tag team division. Building future stars and just the sheer sheer entertainment of a good tag team match most of the time can steal the show. If you, if you, you know, have the right performers and and the hot enough angle and, and guys know what they're doing Man, they can create so much excitement and generate so much action that, you know, sometimes those are the best matches on cards. But it's a shame we don't get as many or as many high-level ones as we used to back in the day. I like the uh, perfect example of what you're saying is Gargano and Ciampa in NXT. Right. Mm-hmm. That entire arc of that story is in the finishing. That was one of the best stories in WWE history. Yeah. Whoever was doing that, I guess that was Shawn Michaels and Triple H together, I guess, handling that. They really crafted a great, great story. Yeah, that's one of the... I'm always going to remember that feud. Even with two two setbacks, it still was great. Injuries, yep. And they still... Even though it wasn't him at the end, he still came out, and it was still a big deal being in the audience and everyone clapping and cheering for him because he's injured. He don't have to be there, but he's there, and it just 
gave a nice bow on that, and now he's just healing himself up, getting ready to come back. So right. that, that builds anticipation for when he comes back, because people are not going to want to boo him. <laughs> oh hell no! After what he just went through, just having that injury and then seeing him with his child, nah, yeah. they're not gonna want to boo him. Nah, you can't. They ain't gonna boo him. I'm not gonna boo him. Before we conclude this episode, we're gonna preview this year's G1 climax. So we're gonna start with the A block. Our participants are the IWGP Heavyweight Champion Okada. Zack Sabre Jr., Kota Ibushi, Tanahashi, Evil, Sonata, Bad Luck Fale, Will Ospreay, and Kenta. Mr. Phillip, your assessment of the A block. Oh, this is a great block. Like, this, this got the star power. Like, and we get some matches that we've been wanting to see for a while. Like, we're going to get Bushi and Okada again. We got another Okada-Tanahashi match, which would be great in Dallas. We get Okada and Sonata again, which I'm very interested to see, especially after Okada after their last match that he considered Sonata his rival now. So, that should be good. Evil having another breakout tournament because he, he seems to be that guy who really tries to always have one breakout match so seeing him kind of separate himself some more and show what he can do is going to be cool. Him against Sonata should be very interesting. And of course, uh, yeah, we, we get to see how Kenta is going to look. Can he can he go back to Japan? Can he go home again? And at least give us, I guess, Something of the old Kenta. I don't think anybody expecting full on old Kenta, at least not initially, but can he show himself against the best performers in the world? We'll, we'll see. Because I know a lot of the older guys. I know uh, Makabe and I think Tenzan and Kojima were calling them out. Like, yeah, what what are you doing? They didn't go to WWE. And they kind of felt like they were like, yeah, we think Shota or Inari should have been in this tournament. So... I think some people kind of got the knives out for old Kenta, so we'll, we'll see how he does. Mr. Anwar Starman, your thoughts on the A block? It's, 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 it's just filled up with a lot of talent, a lot of big time matches, and some rematches within it. Interfaction stuff, like, it's, it's, just, it's deep. The things we need to just be hopeful that of in that block is that Kenta and Tanahashi don't break down because that can mess up stuff. But when you look at the people that can win it, it's a lot of potential people, but I, we might as well just cross off Okada because that defeats the purpose. He's not going to win it. He's probably going to win five, six matches or something like that and then don't make it to the finals. The way it's set up to me, it's going to probably be Ibushi and Tanahashi. If one of them is probably going to win that block and then... When we get to the next block, I have my idea why it has to be one of those two. Um, very much looking forward to seeing Kenta now that he's out of WWE hell. Very interested to see what he does because Kenta's been one like Kenta and Noah in his in his run is one of the best wrestlers of the past two decades. So hoping he does great because. Everybody knows I love the arc. 
Moving on to block B, we have Naito, Ishii, Juice Robinson, Yano, Goto, Jay White, Jeff Cobb, Shingo, Taichi, and John Moxley. So, in War Starwin, I'll get your thoughts right away on the B block. I am very interested to see Moxley face all these different opponents because it's, it's, this is the fun when you leave somewhere and go somewhere else. It opens up a lot of like potential that never was there before. And through this tournament, he has the potential to have a lot of awesome matches and maybe a couple of duds because he doesn't have the chemistry with certain people. Um, this tournament can help improve him as an overall as a wrestler. And I like seeing people taking themselves out of the comfort zone and try different things. That's very interesting to me. Moxie versus Ishii interests me just to see that dynamic. <laughs> um, Naito versus Moxie, that would be fun because I feel like Naito will have the roast for him ready in those promos before that match. <laughs> um, and it would be kind of cool to see, like, White versus Bossy because people have these comparisons of young Triple H to um, Jay White. So, Bossy has experience wrestling Triple H. So, that would be kind of cool, too. Um, as far as, like, a block and who I think will be at, like, in the, that block finals, like, balance, definitely Naito versus White because they've saved that match for a long time and kept them apart. So... I kind of feel it's going to be for all the Marvels versus with them two at the end. I'm hoping Ishii will be in the mix. And I just, it's going to be an interesting block. It's, I, I like the differences between the blocks. It's, I'm really here for a lot of these matches. And I, I, I definitely think Juice will get Moxley back on that last night. Terry's boy, your thoughts on block B? Yeah, like this, this is an interesting block because there's a lot of guys who haven't wrestled each other before other than Ishii and Taichi, which should be good. They seem to be amping each other up. So, and I like Anwar said, Moxley against pretty much everybody is going to be interesting. I think he's he might surprise me. I think Moxley, I mean, obviously he's going to fall, but I think he also is going to throw in a little more wrestling than some people might expect from him so it's gonna be interesting to see him take this challenge in new japan obviously shingo against all these guys especially shingo against ishii oh man that's gonna be a bind bro (laughs) it's (laughs) gonna be very interesting based on shingo's match against kojima like yeah Ishii ain't going to be going down for them pumping bombers like the little juniors. So that's going to be fun to see Shingo kind of adapt. And how does he deal with the challenge of Ishii? Mr. Unkillable, I I just keep getting up. (laughs) I get knocked down, but I get up again. And, uh, yeah, like, and I'm interested to see Taichi. He's been having a good year so far. Like, he's turned it around. I've become a Taichi fan. Lately, so it's inter. It's going to be interesting, I think, to see a motivated Tai Chi who is actually going to try. I think to win some matches. What what's I, that going to look like? I feel like causing a little trouble right now. Another convert to I, the I, dark side. I, I, I'm going to ask y'all a question. In big matches, and I mean big matches alone this year, who has had a better year? 
Seth Rollins or Tai Chi? Ah, man, I don't want to down my man Seth. It ain't his fault. He have, he just haven't had strong opponents, but I kind of feel like it's Cup. His two matches with Ishii were a little legitimately great, and it wasn't just because of Ishii. Like, Taichi brought it. Uh, I don't know if you listened to the English commentary, Anwar, but they did a great job of telling the story because I'm a fairly new Japanese wrestling fan. So I didn't know the story about Tai Chi and Ishii and the whole four black saints thing. And yeah, I didn't Saints know about that either. Never overweight belt. So I'm like, huh, this is interesting. Yeah, and Tai Chi, right. like, legitimately, like, he's almost never happy. He's always, like, the sour curmudgeon. But something about Ishii where it brings out, like, the best parts of Tai Chi. Like, he, he wants to be a good wrestler to prove he's on Ishii's level. It's like a Big brother, little brother thing. Where Ishii is just kind of like, yeah, whatever. And Tai Chi's like, no, I'm going to prove to you I'm on your level. Yep, the Tai Chi match versus Naito at the beginning of the year was good. Yeah, too. they they, all, so, they have good chemistry. They they seem to get under each other's skin. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, he had a good match versus Kyle for the, the never open weight champion. Yeah, he did. So let's all like, see what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm the dude that didn't even want to watch Tai Chi when his last appearance in appearances in Best of Super Junior. So people hearing me and thinking I'm just being a hater. Keep in mind, I've been I've banged on Tai Chi on this podcast. So for me to even broach this subject, <laughs> let's see what Don say. Let's see if he just be on the on the fence. Be like, can't spare it to different companies. Oh no, uh, no, uh, no, no. <laughs> You know that I've been the one banging the drum for Tai Chi for like a year and a half before it was even cool. So I'm <laughs> definitely going to give him his props and say yes. In all his big matches this year, he has stepped up and delivered every time. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had one of these middle of the road, you know, matches. You know, so yeah, I definitely agree that Tai Chi has had better big time matches this year than Seth Rollins. Uh, Let's preview the first two nights of the tournament. The first night will be taking place in Dallas, Texas, July the 6th. Shout out to Madame Lizette, who will be in the building. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. She's going to see Sonata face off against Zack Sabre Jr. She's going to see Evil versus Bad Luck Fale. Will Ospreay is going to take on Lance Archer. Kota Ibushi versus Kenta. And the main event, Okada versus Tanahashi. Woo! Man. They they not playing. <laughs> I really I kind of wanted to go, but just too many too many other things going on in July. <laughs> I couldn't do it. But yeah, man, you getting Kenta and Ibushi, you're getting Tanahashi and Okada. Like that is that is that in itself is something. Plus, you're getting like you're getting the cool undercard too. So it's like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. you're getting the experience, and that's been a complaint that. 
people haven't gotten that whole New Japan experience because you've been having to deal with ROH guys being on shows and stuff. But this right here is the show, so man, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope it's kill, I hope they kill it, man. I, I want them to do well. The only uh, person who won't be on this July 6th show will be John Moxley, as AEW has exclusive rights to him in America, so he cannot appear on that particular show. So he won't be in the undercard matches. But other than that, yeah, everybody else that's New Japan centric should show up and be here for the undercard. So that's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Terry's boy, anything you want to say about uh, the night, uh, first night matches? A block? I don't know. It, it's a good card. Like, we, we get this Archer Osprey rematch. Like, really, the only match where I'm kind of like, I don't know is following Evil. And not because of Evil, it's because that's <laughs> basically, like, he tried last year. Like, I was I was kind of feeling following last year when he lost the weight. He got that match against Okada. It's like, okay, following. But then he just went right back to being like Fale and being fat and lazy and doing generic big man spots. It's like, dude, like, <laughs> what happened? I believed in you. <laughs> like, seriously, like, I'm not going to say like Fale should get kicked out of the company, but honestly, if New Japan had more big guys, like, honestly, what what is Fale's purpose? Like, you can go ahead, like, go ahead, New Japan, sign Jeff Cobb from ROH, and, and let's call it that. Paula ain't giving me nothing these days. That's why we got to kind of hope Lance really step it up, because we need him to just take over that role for real, for real. Yeah, I mean, Davey Boy, Smith G, I think, could have been that guy, but that was his frustration is New Japan kind of stuck on wrestling a certain style, and he was tired of it, so he was like, yeah, I'm going to leave. Yeah, yeah. Because he's really talented. Like, he can fly. He, obviously, he's a heart, so he can do technical stuff, and then he can do mm-hmm. the fire stuff. Yep. He, he just got tired of being there and not being used properly, and so he knew his value, so he said the hell with it. Don't yeah. blame him. He kills it on MLW with that version of the Heart Foundation, Teddy Hart, Brian Pillman Jr. himself. Mm. They're, they're real entertaining. I'm not surprised. Not surprised in the least. <laughs> It's crazy that I forgot forgot about Shingo though. How the hell do I forget about a potential wrestler of the year? That's how stacked these 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 this corner it is. I forgot about fucking Shingo. Is Shingo is a potential wrestler of the year? Wow. <laughs> yeah. And we got another Zack Sonata match. They always have great matches. So yeah, I think this is gonna be a really really good show. It's gonna be a good showing for New Japan and America. This might be able. This might be one of the best G ones if if this comes off properly. Because, like over the last couple of years, my favorite one was um, like G One Climax Twenty Seven, because it had so many good things, so many good matches, and the Goddess for a final like run through the tournament. So this might this could be one of the better ones. But you kind of say that every year about G One. Man, that one yeah. that year, the Goddess funding year. I know. It's 90 matches all together when you do all the matches in the final. It comes out to 90 matches. I know there had to be at least 15 four-star matches and probably four to six five-star matches out of that those 90 matches that year. It, it was crazy. 
crazy, man. Crazy, crazy. Mm-hmm. Evil was awesome in that tournament, too. Yeah. Evil beat Okada. Mm-hmm. Well, Okada yep, was losing right. to nobody. Right. Yep. The B block is going to take uh, center stage on the second night of the tournament, which won't be until the 13th back in Japan. July 13th, they'll be back in Japan. Uh, this card, we're going to have John Moxley facing off against Taichi, Goto versus Jay White, Yano versus Naito, Ishii versus Jeff Cobb, and your main event, Juice Robinson versus Shingo. Terry's boy, I'll let you get the first thoughts on the first night of the B block, which will be night two of the tournament. Uh, yeah, not a strong card. I'm really looking forward to Jay White against Goto. Hopefully, my man Goto gets his win back because pissed off Goto is my favorite Goto. Like that, what was it a couple years ago? That match he had against Suzuki and Wrestle Kingdom, that was like my favorite match on that card. So when Goto's like motivated and they give him something to chew on. Like I, it, it, it's really cool to see, and he he seems gunner for Jay. Like he's like, all right, I'm tired of your little shit talking, you little snake. So I, I'm gonna put you in your place real quick. Mister Anwar Starwin, what stands out to you in the uh, first night of the beat block? What are the matches again? We've got John Moxley and Taichi, Goto versus Jay White, Yano versus Naito, Ishi versus Jeff Cobb. And Juice Robinson versus Shingo. Ooh, I agree with everything Terry said about that match. Juice Robinson versus Shingo interests me very much because of this new, like, edgier version of Juice. And who is it? Cobb versus Ishii? Yes, sir. Yeah, man, I'm here for that. Hoss match. That's going to be a banger. Yeah, so, yeah, those are, my, those are three awesome matches that interest me. And just for the weirdness of what potentially Tai Chi and Moxley would be. <laughs> it's probably, he might break out that claw and use it on Moxley now. That would be the perfect time to use it. He's been holding it on the side. Go ahead and use it. Break that, break that case. Make your, make your senpai cry. <laughs> so those are the first two nights of this year's G1. Again, the first night, July 6th from Dallas, Texas. The second night will be July 13th back in Japan, and then we'll be going on a month and a long, month and a half long just exhibition of the greatest wrestling in the world for that span of time. So I hope uh, Seth Rollins stays off the Twitter machine while the G1 is going on. <laughs> Yo, we killing something tonight. Oh, boy. <laughs> We like I that, mean, but come on, dog. He did it to himself, though. He definitely like did it to himself. Said, like, but you know what? The most unfortunate his initial comments were okay, but then when Will brought up, "Hey, dude, I'm like the same size as you. Why are you calling me little guy? I've had more matches than you." And like, Will can legit say, like, at least so far this year, he's one of the top wrestlers in the world. And we just talked about it, like, so. It ain't your fault. It's the bookie, but what marquee matches Seth had this year? It's like, dog, you remember some fucking Barry <laughs> Corbin? Like, <laughs> didn't Barry Corbin kind of jump in the comments and try to like savage Will and Will just hit him with the man? And you're one of the reasons it sucks. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> get and another get out of here. Another thing that was kind of a bad take for Seth was he says that on the night on the day leading into the pay per view that day. So then they go out and they're having actually a pretty good pay per view up until yeah, they get to about the last like three matches. And then he's in the main event, and his main event is just being universally panned as awful. So that is the stain that's on Seth Rollins when you make that comment. Then you follow up and be in the main event, and everybody's like, oh, this shit sucks. Just not a good look. The Cruiserweight match on that show was the best match on that show. And, this, and, and then the next match between Xavier Woods and Kevin Owens and Sammy was the next best. And then the next best match after that, mm-hmm. Heavy Machinery versus Daniel Bryan and uh, Rowan. Daniel Bryan carried three yep. 300-pounders in that match to an awesome match. And remember, what, and remember what we said, taking yourself out of one picture but heightening yourself in another? Yep. That is why. That is why Daniel is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's. I mean, yeah. Like honestly, it's like Seth. You talking about best wrestler in the world? Like, are you the best wrestler in WWE right now? <laughs> you know what? Right, we can have like, that conversation. Brian is back. I'm just saying. Like AJ has had better matches when he's been healthy. Like Joe been yep. killing it. Ricochet when they actually do something with him. To show what he can do. Obviously, Gargano is the man in NXT. Yeah, like, Adam Cole is the man in NXT. Yeah, Adam Cole. Oh, are you ready to say Dream? Yeah, you could probably even put Dream in there. Dream is having a better year, too. Matt Riddle is like, yeah, Seth. Matt I mean, Roddy, like, I'm just saying, like. Roddy's a beast, yeah. He just has the exposure of that Monday night platform. To boost or, him I mean, up, hell, is, but is that's he the it. Best wrestler in his relationship, because I mean, <laughs> Becky at least can say, "Hey, Becky can say she had that match with Charlotte." Seven's not had a match as good as that last one was standing back. Like, he, hasn't a, he hasn't had a match as good as um Oscar versus Becky. Well, you know what? It was been only one really match this year that really stood out for me with Seth. Like as far as pay per views, big matches. And that was AJ Styles, but AJ is AJ, you know, so. Yeah, it was AJ. Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they built a halfway decent story around it, too. Yeah, they did. They kind of did, yeah. Yeah, they, they actually acknowledged stuff outside of WWE for once. Like, yeah, uh, our mm-hmm. wrestlers do stuff before they get here, whereas normally like, oh, no. He just Doesn't happen him. before you step <laughs> yep. in the Vince McMahon's office. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, at this point, thank you to our guest, Mr. Terry's Boy, for joining us. I'm going to turn it over to him to give his shout-outs and thank yous. Let the people know where they can follow your tweets um, and any other thing you want to promote, good sir. Uh, yeah, thank shout-out to you guys, Don and Anwar. Thanks for having me on. This is a lot of fun. Uh, you can follow me at Terry's Boy. That's T-E-R-R-Y-S-B-O-Y. Uh, I mostly talk about wrestling, mostly New Japan, but I, I sneak in some lucha and other stuff and NXT. But that, that's really about it. And you know, shout out to all the other awesome New Japan fans out there in the community. 
All right, man. Thank you for joining us again. Mr. Anwar Starwin, you're up, sir, with your shout outs and thank yous. Shout out to Madame Lizette. Hope she has a good time in D1. Um, shout out to what what sleep though. Shout out to Jupiter Julep. Because without Jupiter Julep, I would not be on this podcast. I would not have known what WrestleCast was. So you have to like show love to Jupiter Julep because to her, I am here. So, thanks to her. Thanks to Don for being him. And thanks to Terry Boyd to bring another voice in the room with some other expertise or stuff we don't know about, like in Repro and other places. So, that was a great flavor. And every once in a while, we might even bring some more people through. We'll see. Shout out to Don. <laughs> i like to thank both of these gentlemen and War Starwin and our special guest Terry's Boy for joining me here today on this episode of Cast of Strong Style. I'd like to thank the ladies of the Forever Young cast. Madam Lizette will try to get her on the next episode so she can give us a first-hand account of all the things that went down in the G1 from Dallas. Give a shout mm-hmm. out to Moto out there in the world doing her thing. Give a shout out to everybody who listens to the WrestleCast, everybody who uses the hashtag Cast a Strong Style and shares her commentary with color on New Japan for wrestling. We greatly appreciate it. Please head over to CSPN.us, click on that tab that says Keep Our Podcast Free at the top of the page. Do some shopping with our sponsors to help keep Cast a Strong Style free for each and every episode. Also, don't forget. You can listen to more of Anwar and Terry's Boy talk about Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman's new roles on our Dark Match episode. And you can only find that on patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. Become a backstage pass holder for $3 a month and you will gain access to each and every episode of the Dark Match and any other exclusive CSPN podcast videos that appear on our Patreon page. So please, please, please sign up for the Patreon. There's some really good in-depth discussions that go on on the dark match that a lot of people aren't privy to because they aren't subscribing. And you guys are missing a lot of good content over there, especially if you're wrestling fans. So movie fans and war a couple of weeks ago, uh, gave us a dark Phoenix review. And then uh, he ran through the X-Men uh, Fox movie franchise and he had a lot of fun Swiss cheesing that up and if you didn't listen to the dark match you don't subscribe you'd never know about such glorious content so please it's definitely worth the three dollars a month to check out the dark match uh, they drop on the weekends and uh, there's probably about 50 something episodes now if you go back and look in the archive so check those out like I said once again for our special guest Terry's boy we really thank him for joining us and and being a big part of our community and live tweeting and and uh, you know just being a wealth of information, love the interaction. For my co-host, Mr. Anwar Starwin, I'm Don Delorente, and this has been Cast of Strong Style. Cast, Cast of Strong Style.